Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello folks and welcome to Heart and Hand Extra, the second weekly free pod from us here at Heart and Hand. My name's David Edgar, I'm your host as always, and joining me this week was the man with whom I watched the match at Ibrox the other evening, so my uh, main stand buddy, Mr Cameron James Bell. Hello Cammy. David, how are you today? I am good, my friend. A lot to unpack from this game. Um, a lot of good stuff from a Rangers point of view on the field. And of course, it wouldn't be a Rangers victory without some nonsense off the field as well to get into. But we'll we'll start off with a positive point. A 5-0 victory for Rangers. And it's funny because walking into the ground, you and I were discussing that we were actually pretty confident because Rangers do react well when the manager asks for a reaction we've proven that we're good at going and doing that the problem of course long term is that we keep needing to have reactions which is obviously the the problem but in terms of a one-off performance I thought it was everything we didn't see on Saturday I thought it was incisive I thought it was quick that's probably the key thing I thought we just moved the ball a lot quicker I thought we won our physical battles all over the field and of course we had the cherry on top of the cake um, the real bit of quality, the best player in Scotland currently, Alfredo Morelos, who just blew them away. Yeah, I mean, it, it was uh, all in all an absolutely fantastic performance. Um, although you're right, we were confident being able to get into it. I thought that when we saw the team line up, you know, we kind of thought McCrory might be a bit of a miss. Um, but actually, when you were watching the game as it kind of started to unfold and as it started to kind of open up a bit, I had this kind of thought ringing through my head of this is the most important game in Kilmarnock season now. Um, and they absolutely did not turn up to it. Um, obviously, events didn't go their way, which we'll obviously be about to cover. Um, but there is nothing, absolutely nothing pre-match, during the game or post-match that can take away from what was a superb Rangers performance. Correct. And like I say, I, I think that tactically... We were pretty similar to what we saw at the weekend. The difference, of course, was that 
we just moved everything a lot quicker. And it was even the guys in midfield, when they got the ball, okay, they might pass it sideways, but it was first time sideways. And I know that sounds silly, but it was. It was just intent was there right from the off. And we saw that with the opening goal because everything about that goal, the ball that Tav, first of all, he wins the ball, but the ball that he plays through to Candace, uh, it takes out the defender. It's got him turning. It's saying to Candace, on you go. Candace gets there, smashes across a perfect ball, which he didn't manage at all on Saturday. And there, of course, the deadly striker at the back post to put it away. And in that move, I thought it encapsulated the difference between Rangers when we're on it and when we're not. I mean, it totally does. And I think it was it was really strange because there was times, and, and as you and I were kind of talking, where um, there was some first-touch passing, which went a little bit astray. But when you look at Tab's ball to Kandias, it has to go through, I think, three men. Mm-hmm. It is inch perfect. The pace is sublime. Um, Kandias, to use old cliche, is already on his bike because he knows where the ball is going to be. Um, and it's going to be put to him in such a pace that he can deliver a really difficult uh, ball to defend against on a, on a first-time touch. Um, and obviously Alfie sniffing out like the predator that he is. And I think um, it was just it was bizarre because you saw that kind of change-up where you kind of thought, right, well, sometimes we complain decent wee, wee bits and bobs. But when you saw that real quality of being able to see that through ball from Tavi, it was fantastic. And, and again, um, I really don't want to take away from the, the fact that it was a good bit of kind of fight that you had to show to go back, get that ball, yeah. stick in that tackle and then look forward. And then it just felt a lot slicker to me to what we saw at the weekend. Because as soon as he gets that ball, he's immediately thinking, right, how do I use this um, to penetrate as quickly as I possibly can, but as effective mm-hmm. as I possibly can. Well, it's not just like a high cross into the back post or whatever. No, I think that's key. I think that, that that's the word. It was just, mentally to me it was mentality it was as you say win ball right what can I do to make something happen you know where does this ball need to go quickly there was none of the indecision followed by the extra touch followed by the space closing down that we saw and into the second half Rangers continued I mean we got the second goal at a really really good time uh, again another superb ball from Kandace 2-0 that changes it Kelly for once have to come out which they're not set up to do and it's funny when Steve Clark gets all this praise I mean he, he is very good clearly at setting up a team to play a certain way but if you do get the lead on them they're going to struggle badly because they are not in any way equipped to to deal with that as we saw last night and Rangers just roared into the space for the rest of the half they were having fun they kept going right to the end they clearly wanted some goals um Morelos's performance though Cami included a perfect hat trick but he didn't stop there as he then added a fourth as well he was sublime last night absolutely sparkling and he is playing with a, a confidence but it's not something that you think is just a temporary boost to him it's just this uh, this knowledge that he's better than everybody and he works harder um but the physical strength the touch the direct the, the desperation to get forward and have a shot he's such an exciting player he was so good last night oh he was listen you hit the nail on the head he's the best player in scotland um and as i've made reference to previously on on our pods on here and also on the, the patreon site I, I love at times the negative press that he gets because see ever see if everyone in the country including the media hyped him up the same way that they did with them belly he he wouldn't be at rangers right now we would have sold him in the window Mm. And it's great because everyone feels as if, you know, 
he's got such negative attributes at all. When you see the overwhelming amount of positive attributes that he does have, um, it, it allows us the opportunity to retain a, a quality player. And I think, I mean, don't get me wrong, I think we'll be exceptionally lucky if we keep a hold of him in the summer and he's still a Rangers player come next season. However, that being said, the other thing that Morelos brings to the team is the the confidence and comfort that the players around him, and you saw this, especially with the, the, the first two goals, um, that his teammates know where he's going to be. Um, he just provides with them a reassurance that, look, if you if you stick this in, just get it into a difficult position for them to defend and I'll get on the other end of it. And I'll do the and rest, yes. It is. And I think, I mean, we've, we've spoken many a time about the, the Kandias and Tavernier partnership, etc. Morelos almost provides that to his other teammates on a kind of individual perspective where he can then say to them, um, look, you know, you know where I'll be. So if you can get it to me, I'll do what needs to be done. And that, I think, you know, again, like I say, just gives everyone that kind of, um, that chance to say, right, well, listen, you know what, actually, rather than dithering and, and, and struggling to be able to try and put in crosses or thinking twice, actually, let's just play it first time, let's see where it goes, and Alfredo's in the end of it. So it's great, and, and I don't think there's a, a Rangers fan who doesn't love the sight of Alfredo Morelos bobbing his head. To his yes, I love that. It's one of my favourite sights. Um, and last night he did the whole "this is my my yard" thing with uh, pointing to the time. And it is. He was he was sublime. He absolutely owned the place last night. A terrific performance. Aided and abetted, I thought, by two really good midfield performances from Glenn Kamara and Ryan Jack. Ryan Jack, who the manager had told us before, wasn't fully fit, but if he could make it onto the park, he was getting put on. And I think he showed why. I think he is settling into that slightly more forward role, which he could do because Glenn Kamara behind him was terrific. He is one of these midfielders who you look at and you think, you know, he's he's quite a tall, thin guy, but he's deceptively powerful and strong. He reads the game superbly. We've seen that even in his opening two matches. The amount of time he just nips in and gets the ball and tidies something up. But he uses the ball well. I noticed watching the game back, there's an awful lot of forward passes and central forward passes. One thing at the weekend we badly lacked was we, we just went down the wings constantly. Whereas both him and Ryan Jack last night, yeah, they would go wide, of course, because we've got you know good fullbacks, good wide players, but we mixed it up, and that meant that Kelly couldn't just set for the one thing the way that St Johnston could. I, I was really impressed with both of these guys last night. I don't want to get too carried away about Glenn Kamara because I was pretty carried away about Lasana Koulibaly at the start of the season when he put in a few impressive performances, and I thought, right, he's that type of player that we need. But Kamara has certainly done enough to make you think he's he's start that okay yep I see you do have ability that's why you're here and hopefully he can build on that yeah I think um watching it last night so I think it's two things the first thing is I think that Ryan Jack um I feel personally carried the ball forward very well yesterday through the middle um it wasn't a case of him being able to try and gather and then as you say then put out to the wing etc actually there was a good number of occasions where he carried the ball forward 10 or 15 yards which I think Gerard is trying to encourage him more to do because he does have the capability to do he it. He does, yeah. Um, I, and I'll admit, at the start of the season, I maybe doubted he did. I think he maybe doubted he did. Yeah, but, no, he probably did, yeah. You know, we're, we're seeing this now as the confidence is growing. I think he's becoming a more rounded midfield player. Yeah. Um, Kamara, for me, I, I, I feel, um, was, was given the, the, the job to, to deal with um, Malumbu. And, and I think, for me... So I thought Malumbu was very poor last night, I'll be honest, but I've seen him be excellent in games. And I wouldn't have necessarily minded if 
18 months ago we had we had potentially tabled a bid for him because I actually thought you know there was times where he was by far and away Kamarnik's best player and he, he looked like very much a controlling midfielder. Uh, Kamara completely removed all all kind of um, influence that he had last night. And as I say, I don't. I mean, I'm not. I'm not decrying the fact that Malumbu was on point and Kamara matched them. Actually, I think Malumbu was very very poor, but it was poor because Kamara gave him absolutely no space or quarter whatsoever. Um, his physical presence, as you say, is very good for a guy who doesn't necessarily have what appears to be an obvious frame to do what he can do. Mm-hmm. Um, but he absolutely uh, bossed uh, Malumbu off the ball. Um, and I think, I mean, I think, as I said to you during the game, there was a point to that where I think we were sitting maybe 30, 35 minutes and he looked absolutely shattered. He did. Um, uh, yeah, Malumbu looked as though he was spent and it was just chasing Kamara that had done it. It was, it was. And Kamara, Kamara, I don't even think he'd really kind of, <laughs> he probably hadn't even broken sweat by that point. And that's, again, like I say, because he was able to dominate that, he was able to control it. Um, very, very positive. What I will say is, I know, and we've seen it, uh, obviously I've heard the, the, the post-match in the site last night with you guys um, and reading some stuff on social media. did very, very well, but let's put that into some context. Let's get some games behind them. Let's get some, you know, consistent performances in. Yeah. But if, if it's anything like that, then, you know, absolutely a very, very savvy purchase. Yeah, definitely. And, and I mean, the 50 grand to get him in now was justified last night just by getting through this cup tie and his performance helped me to do that. So, but like I say, I've been here before quite recently with Koulibaly, who I thought was going to be that type of player for us. Um, and I think that the manager's made up his mind on Koulibaly as well, which is why Kamara was brought, because now he's like, well, he didn't do that, and we still need someone to do that, and hopefully Kamara can be that guy. Right, moving on then to the controversial um, incidents from the match. Now, the initial, the first one came very early, a penalty shout for Kamara when Eamon Brophy went down in the box, a uh, tussle with Joe Worrell. At the time, happened right in front of us. You and I both thought, oh, got away with one there. Um, watching it back, though, he there is contact, no doubt about it. I would have screamed for it at the other end, 100%. But Brophy doesn't aid his case because he throws himself to the ground in a way that you don't go down from a tug by launching, you know, by falling forward dramatically at pace. And I think that has the referee's seen that and went, nah, he's, he's at it. So I have limited sympathy, especially because I think we all know that had Morelos done exactly the same as Brophy did under the exact same challenge, all we would hear about is diving went down far too easy. Whereas instead, you'd think that it was the Stonewallery of Stonewallery as penalties, and I don't believe it was. At the time, in real time, and that therefore I can see why Komarnik and their officials on their bench were aggrieved because at the time we thought it was a penalty, but looking back, I'd probably say that I can see why the referee didn't give it. No, he, um, for me it was very reminiscent, and I don't know if you'll remember the challenge I'm talking about, John Harpson in the Scottish Cup final, where he has this thing where it looks like as if the bottom half of his body has just completely given out from under him, um, which looks absolutely ridiculous when you see it in real time, and that for me is what Brophy does last night, because um, Waddle's holding him across his midriff, he's holding him across his, his stomach, right? But the thing is, Brophy looks like as if he's just been swiped out from under his legs. Mm. So when he goes down, it looks as if Warrell has kicked him, which he didn't do. If he wanted to get that penalty, and by the way, just to come back to your Morelos point, if that happened to Alfredo Morelos last night, he would have been booked for simulation 
let's make no fucking qualms yeah, about that. Yeah, and the press would be going on about ah, Dive so, or, yeah, you know, Dive, cheap, exactly, yeah. etc. Cetera, et cetera. Um, but Brophy looks like, I mean, he, he, he moves as if, like you say, he's had his legs taken out from under him, which is absolutely foolish. I mean, it's, it's stupid. It looks like he slipped in the turf. Um, goes down, um, claiming it, obviously. Um, what he should have done, if he wanted to play the game a bit smarter, is just show the fact that Warrell was impeding him. I go and backwards. He's, he's, well, he's, well, even go backwards, but basically look, like, look as if he's trying to run, but he's being held, so therefore can't get to the ball. And see if he did that, he probably would have got the penalty. Because that's the realistic thing of what was happening. No one yeah, was touching him below his waist. Yeah, you, if a guy briefly puts his arm on you, you can maybe claim you're impeded. What you can't claim is you've been, as you say, had your legs removed and launched forward. It's um, the same thing when you see when you see wingers. Yeah, absolutely. So, but when you see wingers going forward and defenders uh, touching their shoulder, what you'll also see is wingers. I mean, you, your body will twist as you are falling to the ground, and that's because you've been impeded at that part of your body. And what would happen with Brophy last night, and as I say, if he'd been smarter, was it's almost as if he was being held back. Like, if, if as if Warrell would have a, a grasp of his shirt. Now, Brophy did have a grasp of Warrell's shirt, I might add, which is neither here nor there. But because he just goes down so theatrically, um, and again, like you say, because it makes it look like as if he's been swiped, he, he, he nullifies his own, his own case. So, no, um, it wasn't a penalty. I, I would absolutely have seen how it could have been given, if I'm being honest. Um, but no, on replays, etc. No, that's it. And again, probably very similar to the next incident we're going to talk about. Yeah, the next incident was, of course, a red card for the Kilmarnock keeper, Backman Turner Overdrive. He was sent off after an incident. Now, you and I were sitting at the Copeland end of the main stand, and we're not going to lie, folks, we didn't have a fucking clue what had gone on because all we see is uh, we hear the noise from the fans in the Broomlin, we see Kamara is down, we don't quite know, we see Alfie uh, is in and around it, he was quite upset by the challenge, uh, and people are getting him out, and didn't think anything more of it, uh, people our age I know some younger bears have asked why it wasn't a penalty, because the ball wasn't in play, we learned that at Ziskov all those years ago, <laughs> yeah, really when a good. very similar thing happened, and we were screaming for a penalty and didn't, didn't know so that's why that rule was imprinted in our heads, but um, the next thing he sent off, and I must admit we're scratching our head. Normally, what you can do if you're at the game and you don't have a good view is you you can text a mate who's watching on the telly. But that wasn't possible last night, so we weren't quite sure what had gone on. And again, you came home. Now Premier Sports were covering the match, and God love them, they have about four cameras, so they only had one angle on it where it looks when you'd seen it. And and I saw it very briefly just before the post match last night on a phone. Uh, on Twitter, not the the best. And to be honest, I thought, oh, he's, he's a wee bit harsh there. That's uh, I think the boy's been unlucky. Um, even then, though, I thought I can see why the linesman at that angle thought he's elbowed him. Someone said another angle, a much more central one, and it's a Stonewall red card. He has seen Kamara coming in. The guy behind Kamara is shoving him. Uh, Kamara's just standing his ground and the next thing Backman just thrusts up his elbow into his face deliberately it's a red card it's not a particularly vicious shot to the face but I can see why when you weren't expecting it it would knock you down as it did but to me Cameron this stonewall red card I'm sorry it's got we're told it's got nothing to do with whether or not you absolutely clock him it's intent and he intended to hit him with his elbow well, he did, and, and last night we were watching it, um, and again, as I say, we're watching this drama unfold, and, and Backman's 
claiming his case about what's going on, and then you see the the, the red card and straight up, and then you had said to me, you don't see that often, and then I turned to you and I said, well, you ain't seen nothing yet. Yes, well done. Yes, you had to, you had to go some to construct that gag. I did, well. and 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 I hope that the the listeners appreciate the the lengths I had to go to the. Um, it, it's it, it's bizarre because again, um, it's one of those things where you're fortunate you get different angles because if you look at it from um. There's a there's a TV camera shot which is in front of the Brumlin um, by the, the the keeper's right hand post, and you can see through the net through the side net, and what it appears is, and I know that Backman because I obviously watched the replay last night as well. When he's going off, um, he's just like towards the bench that he was raising his arms, um, and if you look at that angle through the side net, that is what it looks like he's doing, and then you're kind of think, well, no, I think Kamara's maybe made a meal of it. However. If you then look at it from the camera angle, which is probably from the main stand and where Alan Main, the referee, is probably looking towards it, what you don't see from the first angle is how quickly he brings up his arm, which is unnecessary um, because he, he does go with a degree of force. And he crooks it. You know, he crooks yeah. it into what you would call yeah. an elbow. It's not just shoving your arm straight up. He crooks his elbow. Yeah. In a way that he's look, we all know. Let's be honest. He, he, I don't think he's trying to break his jaw. Don't get me wrong, but he he wants to leave one on him. He's basically saying, "Fuck off, get out of the space." But you can't do that. No, you can't, and not in a bad way. But let's say if we're preparing to take that corner, and how many times have we ever seen this, Davey, where the keeper just turns around and just pushes the guy away from him, and then yeah. the referee stops the corner being taken, tells it to him to screw the nut. And then that's it. Just listen, how many times have we ever seen that football? And I think that um, Bagman, when he when he starts to lift his arm and he looks like as if he's going to go and do it, um, he, he does catch him. He absolutely does catch him. So um, now I don't know if this has been clarified because I have heard mixed reports about this as to whether or not it was a linesman or the it referee. W- it was the linesman. It. it was the linesman yeah. who gave it. So, I mean, obviously we haven't seen it from this angle, of course. And 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 I, again, I mean, having seen it from what we have seen, it, I think it's a justifiable decision, right? I will say that. But if that linesman has 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 seen it at that point, I've got to assume he's seen it with the degree of pace and where obviously it makes contact um, with the right hand side of Kamara's face. Because um, as my understanding is, it's not his elbow; it's 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 his his tricep, it's his his upper arm at the you know the kind of above the elbow that hits Kamara in the face, and then he goes down, and then I think that's it. And, as I say, if it's ex- if it's excessive, which from the speed of him moving his arm up, you're right, he does he, he does want to leave one on him. So no, I think um a justifiable red card, stupidity, um and again completely unnecessary. So there you go. Yeah, and um, like I say, um we at the time couldn't have given you much comment on it in the ground. We didn't really see it. So we were waiting to see the first replay. I didn't think was was conclusive, but the second one clearly was. Uh, I think um, a Stonewall red card. And to be honest, had it been our goalkeeper, I probably wouldn't have complained. And when you see, of course, that Alan McGregor recently got banned for something similar, which is in the goalkeeper code, then, yep, um, it happens. We were told with McGregor that the whole protecting yourself doesn't give you the right to engender, uh, to danger another player, endangered even. Um, And that's, that's what happened here. Now, all of this combined to break the Kilmarnock manager, Steve Clark, who appeared to cry during his press conference and in his interview with Premier Sports, 
did look like a child who'd just been told that they weren't getting an extra scoop of ice cream. He had a big frown and uh, he had a, a petted, genuinely a petted lip and he looked as though he'd been crying. Firstly, Steve, it's a game of football, fuck up. And secondly, uh, it was hilarious. But he also complained uh, that he was on the end of sectarian abuse from the Rangers support, where very briefly towards the end, a number of songs, uh, a, a, a number of fans, no one near all, uh, did sing to Steve Clark, cheer up Steve Clark, or oh, what can it be? We all know the song. And he complained about this and said, you know, it's terrible. And that, of course, and you know, made sure that that was the the story that the media ran with. Now, where this slightly fell down for me was Steve Clark had been asked the day before about Kilmarnock's club captain Chris Boyd being on the end of those chants from the Celtic support at the game at the weekend. The exact same chant, just, if you like, from the other side of the divide, just with one word changed, but still, you know, a sectarian song. His response had been that he just wanted to talk about the football. And that has led to accusations from Rangers supporters that he is guilty himself of selectarianism, which certain issues really matter and certain ones don't. The side of the divide it really should be applied to and the other that it shouldn't. And I have sympathy for that point of view because while he's quite right, you know, if he's the subject of sectarian abuse, he should... You know, it's a total own goal by Rangers fans to sing that. Um, it's only going to cause problems for the club and give our enemies a stick to beat us. But I do find it very hypocritical. Um, you either have a problem with sectarian chanting or you don't. And the fact that he has half a problem with it makes me think that it's full outrage, makes me think it was a deflection, makes me think he wasn't genuine and makes me less inclined to have sympathy for him, even though he may have merit in his original point, it's hard to think he is being 100% honest. He's not been honest. He's not been honest at all. We all know, everyone in Scotland knows he's on the world's longest job interview. Um, but, uh, and listen, I totally agree with you, right? There's, there's points here where we shouldn't give our enemies ammunition. Right, I do understand that. There is also another point where... Um, there was other songs getting sung at him um, by parts of the stadium who he waved at as a kind of mocking, all that kind of stuff. So he's picking and choosing what he wishes to be offended by. Now, there's not necessarily anything wrong with that because what offends you might not offend me and vice versa. So that's just human nature. That's just the way it goes. The problem we've got here is that within his position and the profile with which he carries himself, he can't pick and choose which sectarian singing offends him and then choose not to comment another. Because either it's all offensive and it all needs to be stamped out or it's quite clearly just been targeted towards one particular club and its fans. And I, and I would like to... And, and the other problem with this is no one in the media is saying, well, why didn't you condemn Celtic fans? Correct. Like like your player did. Yeah, and when actually, your club captain received exactly the same yeah. abuse, in fact, worse because he was hit by a coin, uh, where were you then? You didn't want to I, know. Exactly. And I think the my, my big thing with this, David, right, and, and listen, you and I are, I think, quite similar to this. If you want to tackle quite a horrible subject, you can you can mock it. You can 
almost take the piss out of it so it becomes unfashionable to do it. We've seen things like that happen before, right, where I think Boyd probably had a pretty good, you know, um, response to it because obviously he got hit with the coin. He, now, made them look, right, he made them look like morons. He made he them did, look yeah. stupid. Yeah, and you're then, right. And then he's, he's obviously talking about he gets the arm and the sling and all the rest of it and stuff as well and just as a bit of a joke. And he, but, you know, he's underlining a serious point, right? But I think that everyone would have roundly mocked him had he been hit with the coin and then five minutes later fell to the floor. Yes. Now, that still doesn't, still doesn't take away from the fact that when he was asked a direct question about sectarian signs, Steve Clark, Steve Clark chose not to answer it. So I just want to talk about the football. But I'll tell you what, Steve, here's what we'll do. We'll talk about the football then. Why is it in the most important game of your club's season, you could muster one shot on goal? Not one. Now, I was actually thinking about this. The, and I know you and I spoke about it during the game last night, right? But if you take everything into context, if you had said to me, I wasn't able to see what happened from the red card to seeing the final result, okay? Which actually for some fans may have happened. But what I would have assumed would have been, okay, so the keeper gets sent off, they're down to 10 men, they're 2-0 down, you're just going to have to come at them. You're just going to have to put everything against them and then empty your tank. Kilmarnock were absolutely rudderless last night. They had no default alternate plan to go to, so had such a contingency occurred. And the worst thing about this was as well, he wouldn't acknowledge any of that. Not a single shot on goal. Why are Kilmarnock fans saying, right, so are you saying we lost because Rangers fan, Rangers fan sang songs against you? Is that actually what you're telling us? Because his, his press conference, his post-match press conference last night was embarrassing. If I was a Kilmarnock fan watching that, I'd be like, that has nothing whatsoever to do with how weak a performance my team put in against Rangers last night. So he has bigger questions to answer to the Kilmarnock fans, much less the fact that any Kilmarnock fan worth their soul, I mean, I don't know if they want to keep him or not, right? I don't, he's obviously done very well at Kilmarnock, but the amount he's pandering to Celtic and, you know, by by default, the Celtic support is embarrassing. It's actually embarrassing. So as far as I'm concerned, he needs to come out and say all sectarian singing from all clubs has to be wiped out or he just can't talk about it again. Because now what he's done is he's now made himself look like an absolute joke in this. Um, and his opinion, in my opinion, now should not should not be merited. It shouldn't be heard. He also made a bit of a fool of himself by saying when he was spoken to by Rangers about the job, which you'll recall in the summer he denied. He said that there had been no contact from Rangers. So he's lied at one point and uh, that just damages his credibility further. And I saw a few journalists actually tweeting comments around that last night. Just, just the, the story, is his quotes at the time, his quotes from last night, and I know for a fact that there are several journalists who feel that he blatantly lied to them about this situation and made them look stupid. So I don't think he did himself any favor. I'll be honest, Cammy. I if a Rangers manager acted the way he did last night, to me it was reminiscent of Marty with the, the you know the, the bite in the lip and nearly in tears, and he was savagely criticised by the Rangers support for the way he conducted himself. I I, I was embarrassed when Marty did it, and I'm embar- I would be embarrassed. I, I just find it hilarious because it was Clark, but I would be embarrassed if I was a Kilmarnock fan and saw my manager responding in that that fashion he was like a petulant child and the, the worst thing about it is though listen david we're not daft right as a Scot- scottish footballing public we're not daft and do you know what he could have done he could have come out and even if he'd caveat it by saying 
Rangers absolutely deserve their victory. We were garbage. They were brilliant. I've got too many uh, concerns about my own players and how we performed, etc., etc. However, this element of this support, the singing, etc., is unacceptable. Never even said it. Never ever said anything to do with his own team's performance. And listen, we know that managers are not going to come out and throw players under the bus, right? Nobody expects that. But you can't come out and and justify not even talking about such a lacklustre performance. Because, as you, again, you and I said yesterday, Kilmarnock had a brilliant away support last night. Probably all of Kilmarnock. Yes. And the vast majority of their, their you know, their, their season Cert- ticket certainly the, non, certainly the non-junkie ones. No, well, yeah, exactly. But... Those those fans made that effort to be able to, and what you hear from your manager is, yeah, we've just been pumped out the cup five now. Not a shot in target. Players look like they can't be arsed. Malumbu looks like he couldn't give two shits. Knackered after twenty minutes. Um, no, but it was a sectarian singing. That's the reason as to why we're not progressing to the quarterfinals of the Scottish Cup. That's not good enough. And Kilmarnock fans have to really start asking questions about that now. No, I think instead that the um, one of the lines he used, he said, "There's no point talking about the football after the." The penalty decision is like, no, I don't think it was. I don't think you're allowed to say we didn't get a penalty in the first minute, therefore we just gave up. But that seemed to be his attitude last night. But, uh, yep, a clear deflection tactic uh, uh, from from a hypocrite and someone who has outed themselves as a liar. So it's very hard to take him seriously, and I'm not even going to try. Moving on then, Cami Rangers will play Hamilton at the weekend. Now... I, I know several Rangers fans who said I'm more worried about that match than I am about the Kilmarnock match before last night because we knew we would get a reaction. What we need is the players to not swan into this match thinking, ah, we're brilliant and three points are guaranteed. We need the same level of effort and commitment. 100%. And I think when you see that that slick passing, that, that forward thinking and that, that aggression almost is probably the best way I can put it. Um, we need to make sure that we continue to do that and, and not miss Morelos too much, which, let's face it, we are going to, you know, prove it again last night. But we really do need to be able to get um, control of that game quickly. And, and, and it's the second goal. It's always the second goal, Dave. It's always so crucial. And I think last night, for me, there was a little bit of us taking our foot off the gas after the, the first goal. Um, yeah, the, the second, second half. We, yeah, the second half. You'd noticed they wanted more goals. I, I, I see, you can see it. You can tell the difference. Yeah, it's almost the, the, the second goal is like the fulcrum, and I think that once you get into that, and and, and once obviously you, you you know you go two goals ahead, you've got that that confidence and that platform to go. For, whereas before, and you're only sitting with a single goal lead, then you know you're very shaky. And I think that that's something that we need to be able to try and and, and get more. Um, a little bit more ruthless with and, and, and be a little bit more lethal. So, um, again, like you say, hopefully we can maintain that tempo. And, and, and listen, I, we've spoken a lot about Steve Clark. We've spoken a lot about everyone. We absolutely deserved that last night. We were a, a great team performance last night. Excellent to a man, including the substitutes, by the way, as well, one of which scored, obviously. But what I will say is that is the standard that we now have to reach to. That wasn't the same standard as we beat Celtic with, but actually that's the same that we can we can put against other teams in order to be able to to get um, get results. Yep, absolutely. Okay, folks, that's going to do us for Heart and Hand Extra this week. Apologies to those of you who get your podcast from Apple. 
The first pod this week was delayed going up there. I, I apologise for that. There was an issue that has been fixed. I'd just like to thank our executive producers in London, Mr Mike Lee and Paul Miles, and to tell you that if you like what you hear from Heart and Hand here for just one ninety nine per month, you can get up to five shows every single day from us over on our Patreon site, which is patreon.com forward slash heart and hand. My thanks to my wonderful guests, Mr Cameron James Bell. David, a pleasure as always. And we'll be back next week hopefully to discuss more Jails victories. Until then, you have a great weekend. Speak to you again soon. Cheers. Bye. Sports Social Podcast Network. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%.